It's not enough to simply be the best product anymore. You have to show people why it matters to them. That's why positioning and messaging is everything. It's how you connect to what customers really care about, make your product's value clear, and stand out from the rest. Easy, right? No, it's not. But you can learn from folks who have faced and conquered these challenges before. So join me, Emma Stratton, as I talk to top product marketing leaders about the wild and wonderful world of messaging, the thrills, the spills, the hard-won truths, and the total myths, the adventures in messaging. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Adventures in Messaging. I'm Emma Stratton, and today I am joined by the lovely Kevin Garcia, Head of Product Marketing at Retool. Hello, Kevin. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. No, thank you. I'm so excited to have you on the show because I'm actually a fan of yours. Um, Kevin did an amazing interview with uh, Marcus Andrews on the Product Marketing Experts podcast, which is another ShareBird podcast, and you went deep about research and how research informs messaging. And uh, I remember listening to that and thinking, wow, these are some really, really good, like really actionable insights. So I'm super excited to talk with you today, Kevin. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And not, <laughs> not unique in those insights at all, but excited to share, uh, share more if I can. Yeah. So it's interesting, you know, people get into product marketing from all different disciplines and all different, um, you know, backgrounds and experiences. And you actually um, started out in the academic world studying cognitive neuroscience, which sounds super fancy to me. Um, tell me how this, you know, this background of yours really played into how you approach product marketing and of course your, re your research uh, strategies. Yeah, of course. Um, so I studied a lot of cognitive neuroscience, which again, is not very fancy. It's just how your brain puts together things to understand thoughts and understand the world around you. So things like understanding how a museum works when you're in person versus maybe seeing it in a digital space and how you remember things, how you think about things, what you look at. Um, and studying something in the sciences was really interesting for me because it's sort of hyper-focuses on researching very small detailed questions, right? So there is um, in, these, uh, in these fields a very big focus on learning through iteration, learning through very, very specific nuanced questions um, and listening to what, you know, what the research is telling you and pivoting accordingly, right? And I think all of those things were um, very relevant to product marketing. I did not know product marketing existed at the time. I did not particularly think or know that I was gonna land in the tech space, um, but I do think it was great preparation for me. I think it was an exercise in coming to the table with an open mind and rigorous uh, practices. And I think you can apply that a lot to the work that I do every day. Yeah, that is so cool. I love you. You apply like the scientific method, right, to yeah. marketing. And I like that. So tell me about, let's talk about research then. I mean, what is your general approach to um, bringing research into new messaging? Because we all know it's important. We all don't necessarily have all the, you know, enough time to do it like we want. But in an ideal world, how do you really approach, uh, you know, research from the beginning to, you know, the final development of the messaging? Yeah, of course. Um, so I think that, and I've mentioned this before, um, 
with Marcus as well is I think you need to really think about how much time do I have to invest in this, right? I don't think the right answer for every business is to spend a year or two years or three years researching every small little detail, right? So I think the first thing you have to do is figure out what are the priorities for my business? What are the most important unanswered questions that are hard, meaty, complicated, controversial? Um, and how can I add the most value for users or for potential new users, if that's the goal for the company this year, um, to really understand what our product does, what our product is, and where our product's going, right? And so if you prioritize um, and really think through, you know, these are the most important questions that I want to ask and talk about, then let's go deep, right? Figure out your timeline, figure out your investment, how much time can I spend on this? Um, and I would say it's a huge spectrum, right? There will be times that naturally you'll want to invest a very rigorous and formal process. For example, redoing the messaging for the company at the company level, right? When you all are maybe adding new product lines or making a pivot that requires everything to change a little bit, it makes sense to spend some time and carve out some focus for true messaging research. On the other end of the spectrum, if you're an early uh, stage startup and you're the only marketer, it's totally okay to be thinking about it in a more loose sense, right? So thinking about how can I talk to one or two customers a week yeah. or uh, a few customers a month, just, or maybe listening to gong calls before um, you know, I, I jump into meetings just to build context, right? Um, the benefit of getting formal time to research is that you get to answer one or two questions very deeply, um, but you can also build a repository of sort of intuition and stories for yourself, um, doing just very simple listening to a few calls every week, or maybe just chatting with customers. So my approach to research in a nutshell is define what kind of questions you want to ask and define how much time you have to answer them. And then create a project that makes sense for the, for those uh, tasks, right? So for example, when I was um, at Segment, I was recently at Segment as the head of product marketing there, we were trying to figure out how much or how little to lean into the customer data platform space. The company uh, for context was one of the most technical options and developer focused options in a very um, marketer-driven purchasing cycle and a marketing-driven persona, uh, for the most part, for CDP um, at like big enterprises. And so the question was, how do we figure out where we fit? And so this actually did require talking to um, potential customers who hadn't purchased Segment yet, talking to uh, existing customers who had been with us for a long time and sort of bought into the the way that we think about things, talking to um, analysts and talking to folks who are looking at this from a bigger vantage point, things like investors that weren't invested in us, but were looking at the space. Right. Um, and when you do all those things, you actually start to develop a really strong opinion as to um, how you want to define our, you know, our business in this space. But most importantly, if you um, feel like you are making a decision one way or another, right? Segment ultimately ended up saying, we are a CDP, but we do uh, really think of ourselves as more infrastructure focused. And so it was CDP comma developer focused, right? Which is an answer. Um, and we built conviction. And I think people um, sometimes forget the last part of research, which is connected to business value, right? So right. 
um, you don't just wanna spend the time asking questions. You wanna circle back with everyone and remind them, hey, these conversations with um, outside folks, these conversations with investors, these conversations with potential customers and existing customers built conviction for us to move forward in this way. And these are the five or six things that we can prioritize now. And these are the five or six things or whatever that are no longer priorities based on what we learned. So the last part of research that I'll sort of really <laughs> hype on is um, connected to something, make it real for people and give yourself the chance to reflect on it. Because I think that's what makes research powerful. It's a body of work that doesn't go away, right? Your decisions might be um, proven to be, uh, you know, better or not, not so great for the company, but the research that powers them can still be used for the entirety of the time that you're there. I love that. That is so good. And this is why I love that episode that you did, because it's a really, um, first of all, it's like a really thoughtful approach to research. And I love how accessible it is because you're saying, you know, it doesn't have to be this one way. It's not like all or nothing. You've got to spend a year on it or don't bother. It is see it as a, as a body of work that you're building up over time that can help you in, in many different, you know, scenarios, not just for that one project or that one decision you're trying to make. And um, yeah, it seems like, you know, what you should be doing as a product marketer, right? Just always kind of building up evidence and um, you know, iterating. So I, I think that's so good. Thank you for sharing that. Hey, you made it all the way through. Thank you for listening. And as a reward, here's a little extra bonus content. Okay, Kevin. So I would love to know, you know, what is the best thing that you've ever learned about messaging in your career, whether it was some great advice you got or something from an experience? Yeah, of course. Um, so another segment example, um, I reported into Diana Smith, uh, who is now the head of Twilio.org product marketing. And she taught me a super valuable lesson in messaging, which is to say, um, cut the fluff, right? Or, you know, cut the BS, whatever it is that you'd like to say. Um, but really focusing on editing yourself at the last stretch, right? I think a lot of times messaging will go through the ringer, right? It'll go through some amount of user testing. It'll go through the consensus train internally to make sure that it aligns with this and it aligns with that. And um, I think the uh, very, you know, the gravitational pull is often towards including as much as you can that's differentiated about you. Um, in the case for a segment, we were the CDP with the most customers. We were the leading CDP in the space. We were the most highly reviewed. We were often a developer favorite because we were focused on that, that market. And so when we opened our developer platform, and this is a project that was led by my team, not necessarily me, but I was a reviewer and learned the lesson anyway. Um, you know, we, we were working with a go-to-market team that was super excited about leaning on developers, uh, understanding how um, impactful we've been to the CDP market and how, how much space we occupy there. And I think you very naturally sort of get closer and closer to saying, you know, we're the leading uh, developer platform with global, five, you know, Fortune 500 all the way to startups, uh, developer platform that creates the perfect uh, developer experience. And you forget to sort of mention that the point of our developer platform was to make customer data accessible to developers who could then build new tools uh, and new workflows using very clean, very concise, uh, and very accurate customer data. And it's very easy to forget 
to go back and edit and think, does this actually make sense? Is this going to add value to someone's life? Are they going to really be able to understand it without having the context that I do in this seat? And um, Diana is just stellar at that. She's stellar at taking the bird's eye view and saying, you know, we've gotten so caught up in trying to make this really, really uh, impactful that we've forgotten to make it super accurate and easy to understand. And so that's a lesson that I've learned and have continued to learn because I also have gravitational pull towards making sure um, that we sort of build something that internally folks can get excited about. But um, I, I do think it's very important. And one of the best ways to check this is obviously one, reviewing it with someone who hasn't been working on the project with you because they have fresh eyes. <laughs> and two, um, just circling up with a few customers, right? Um, having a few friendlies that you can share this with and say, would you, you know, how would you have experienced this um, if you were purchasing, in this case, segment or whatever your, your startup might end up being? Yeah, that's so good. I think we can all kind of relate to the gravitational pull, as you call it. And just what happens when a group of people kind of internally have been working on it and looking at it, as you said, for weeks or, or months, and it becomes normal. And so those fresh eyes are really important to say like, hey, is this BS? Or does this, <laughs> does this make sense? Uh, I think that's, that's a really good thing to keep in mind. And you mentioned kind of superlatives, like the best, the leading, the biggest. And I think in general, like I know myself, when I read those superlatives on other websites, I don't believe them. It's yeah. something about the superlatives that you're just like, nah, it's probably fluff. So uh, that's a really good piece of advice that, you know, I'm definitely going to, you know, remind myself of <laughs> speaking, speaking of good advice. Um, you know, I love to ask this of marketers just to share kind of some of their hard-won insights, like through the career journey. Like if you could go back in time and give yourself some advice when you were just starting out in product marketing or marketing in general, what advice would you give yourself? Yeah, of course. Um, this actually is advice that I've been thinking about for a lot. I um, had the huge fortune of starting in product marketing, which a lot of people, um, you know, in tech don't really have the same uh, sort of journey, right? You hear a lot of times product marketers who are coming from other marketing functions, product functions, support functions, sales functions, go to market functions. Um, and I often get the question, well, how, how do I break through? How do I become a product marketer? And I think one of the pieces of advice I'd give my younger self and also any of these folks is to try. Um, I think the scariest and hardest part about product marketing is the notion that messaging, positioning, product launches, whatever it is, has to be perfect and has to be groundbreaking and has to change the game. Um, and as much as I consider myself a success, I don't know if any of my um, my work has really like uh, changed the way that Silicon Valley does <laughs> operate. Um, and so I think when you hold the bar too high, it's almost impossible to to achieve it. And I think. Product marketing is actually one of the places that is most um, friendly and iterative uh, because it really does build on a product story over the course of the long run. It's never just one thing and one time and one shot. And so my advice really is if you're worried about your ability to write, which I have been, write more. If you're worried about your ability to, to research, practice. Um, if you're worried about your ability to 
um, you know, run a successful go-to-market, try to break down what exactly it means for you. Look at resources on, you know, there's tons of resources online. The Product Marketing Alliance has amazing sort of templates and other toolkits. Um, there's so many resources available now that there weren't before um, around product marketing. And so I think my biggest advice is just put yourself out there, find the resources, find small projects that sort of get you to feel more comfortable and confident um, in this work. And I think over time, what you'll find when you look back is, oh, wow, I was doing a lot of really great stuff and I learned a lot um, because there isn't a magic formula. It really is um, learning by doing in product marketing. And I think um, that that's something that I've often needed to hear as someone who tries to really look out and hold for the perfect answer, or the perfect go-to-market or the perfect most people aren't doing, which is putting yourself out there and trying. Yeah, I think that is such good advice. I mean, it's good advice for life in general, um, you know, really, but also just, yeah, there is no perfect one and done. I mean, you're constantly iterating, you're constantly improving. And I think that's really, really good advice. There are so many great resources out there, especially now um, for product marketing, like you mentioned, Product Marketing Alliance. And of course, Sharebird community has a ton of great content um, where leaders like yourself are just kind of sharing really relatable kind of insights, techniques. Um, so it can all be learned. Really, it's just about giving it a try. So that is great advice. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, it's been awesome chatting with you, Kevin. Thank you so much for being on the show. Yeah, thank you so much and wishing everyone the best. I, I think this is such a great resource for folks and I appreciate getting to be um, a guest here. It's great to have you. And thanks to everyone who was watching today too. See you. <laughs> awesome. That was really good. Yay, we did it with two minutes to spare. Awesome. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I was so chatty on this. I don't no, know you're supposed like, to be chatty. Yeah. That's the point. <laughs> I was like, Kevin, you're not really having a dialogue. You're more fitting. No, it's fine. I'm just facilitating and, you know, but, but I love everything that you said. And I, I really appreciate your, yeah, your research. I think your research insights really good. I never heard people kind of say it like that. So um, glad to have had, had you on there and cut the BS is just yeah. always great. Full credit to Diana who um, has read way too many bad messaging <laughs> exercises for me. Um, so. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Awesome. Well, um, you will get, Sherbert will be in touch when like a week before it comes out, but it's probably going to be like a month or two out because um, sure. we're in the queue. So you'll get a heads up a week before it goes live and then you'll uh, get notified on LinkedIn and all that good stuff when it goes. Sweet, of course. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It was also a pleasure meeting you. Yes, <laughs> a pleasure meeting you uh, as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure we'll, our circles will overlap at some point again. But, Absolutely. Um, for now, Absolutely. it's a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> all right, bye. Enjoy the rest of your day. Cheers for listening. For more messaging fun, sign up for my newsletter at punchy.co forward slash newsletter or follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter.